All right, welcome back to Sycamore 223. Today's February 19th. It's a Wednesday. It's another rainy Wednesday. We've been getting some, some crap weather here in February, but that's just Texas weather in a nutshell. Um, Jesse, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing great. Anytime I can be surrounded by this much culture and class, <laughs> I, I really can't fucking complain, you know? What about yourself? How's everything? You know, it's good, man. It's good. Things are great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't have much to say on that front. Nothing. 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 I mean, you know. The man of many words is speechless. I'm, I'm not speechless. Things things are good. Things are going well. Right. I, I'm happy in life. Cut some fat checks, dude. You've been working with a meteoric fuck ton of clients, my guy. You can only go up from here, and you can only continue to grow. You can only be grateful for what you have right in front of you and hope to further um, um, develop your client base and portfolio. I dig that. Truly, I do dig that. All right, so... Ryan, I told you this as we were exiting the business leadership build. Oh, it's no longer the business leadership building. It is the uh, what, what, what is it? Uh, the 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 Brent Ryan building. Some, yeah, the Brent leadership Ryan of business something or another. Or something. Yeah. Unt. Um, I'm quitting smoking, my guy. Quitting Monday. smoking. I'm putting, I'm putting it on the pod. Diet starts Monday. Diet starts Monday. Quitting, quitting smoking. Perfect. No more nicotine. So next week when we're recording, I'm going to be the most irrationally angry. <laughs> And uh, just biggest fucking thorn in your side. So what brought about this, I guess, realization? Dude, it's just like I said last time, if I start law school and I have not quit smoking, I will be smoking for the rest of my life. Yeah. I will be addicted to nicotine for the rest of my life. Nicotine's no joke. It's it's incredibly addictive. You, ki- you I, kicked I, it. I've dabbled in I've dabbled in the nicotine. I How? used to dip red man tobacco every single day, all day. So how'd you kick it? It's cold turkey, dude. Just stopped. Wow, what yeah. a man! What it, just, well, it, it, it was the environment as well. Like when I was in the Navy, um, everybody was doing it, and then when you get home, no one was really doing it. So it was like a strictly deployment thing. So right. I just happened to go on like two deployments in two sure. years. Yeah. So you're just packing fat shoes every single day, crushing monsters, right. like the hardo Navy Navy stereotype dictates. And once you get home and you're around like normal people, yeah, and you go home on leave. And you're hanging with your guys from high school, and, and you're thinking, like, man, if I put a fat chew in right now, people are going to really look at me. I mean, so you just kind of kick it. We know? were walking to our cars after after class today, and I, like, saw this dude walking past me smoking a cigarette. I'm like, what a fucking idiot. And I looked to my right hand. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> I can't say shit. I cannot say shit. Yeah, nicotine's no joke. I'm happy to happy to hear that you're uh, that you're quitting. Just don't, don't quit and take up, like, vaping. Like, that's a good alternative because it's all the same i i would say it is worse to vape than so, it is to smoke cigarettes just based on the lack of social awareness that comes with vaping so the vaping phenomenon my take on that is that it's it's just the the 21st century version of smoking cigarettes and all these people that do it are fucking stupid because they already have a blueprint for how bad like ingesting nicotine and like sure. smoke into your lungs is right but they're just running it back like through whatever device i would like to say that i would rather walk through like a cloud of of cigarette smoke than a cloud of vape smoke but both are just just repulsive i feel as though the vape smoke lingers more than cigarette smoke like when you blow out the cigarette smoke it's kind of like an initial hit and then it goes away but like that vape smoke lingers like a it's like a foggy day i think vapors take pride just like blowing flat fat clouds into people's face like passerby's like dude watch this watch me rip this fucking vape we had we just blow it like directly in your face. We had this guy in our fantasy football league. He 
he's just like a character and he was sitting on the couch all night long he's got a big old belly he's crushing white claws and (laughs) blowing vape clouds it was the funniest thing i've ever seen dude i can dig that i respect that just because you you, at that point you're just like fuck it like what what can you say to me that can make me feel worse about myself it was funny, and then he do. and then he accidentally drafted Aaron Jones, and then it totally worked out. So that was kind of annoying. Accidentally, but... <laughs> God, it, I so feel like that. I happened. didn't mean to do that. And as commissioner, my response is like, "Tough shit, tough shit." Get I'm better. also drunk as shit, so and I don't know how to. Then like go ten back weeks anyway. later, it's like you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you knew exactly what you're doing. So the hot button issue, hot in the streets. I guess let's start here. Gun Girl is back in the news, and when we were talking about... Caitlin Bennett. Caitlin Bennett. When we were talking about subject matter for the pod, we were going to lead in with you know sports, and I was like, well, why don't we just kind of like distance ourselves a little bit and, and open up with this, because it's dominating social media. It's dominating the media cycle. Like, I was reading an article on Rolling Stone about it. So background, and you, know, you chime in whenever you feel appropriate. This chick, Caitlin Bennett, a.k.a. Gun Girl, uh, she went to Kent State... And she gained some infamy because she posed with an assault rifle in her senior or her graduation picture. Yeah, she even had some clever like pro gun phrase in her hat. Like it was a whole plan, like on a graduation cap, a whole plan like statement about like open carry, open campus carry, the whole like very alt right, um, yeah. overly you know, conservative, overly conservative like gun person, right? Who, who, so who thinks who thinks that it? She gets famous on Twitter. Um, I guess develop sort of a cult following and, uh, you know, relatively, I don't want to say like harmless because the shit she does is just like is repulsive. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with her stuff, what she does basically is she's famous for these like woman on the streets, uh, videos basically where she like sticks a microphone in somebody's face. So she, like, I don't know, for example, uh, there's one video where she is literally sticking a mic in this like five-year-old's face coming from like a pro uh, pro-choice rally and she's like you know abortion is, ru- uh, is is murder right little girl and like just like shoves in her face yeah that's and her, the dad's just like whoa that's her like, whole mo is she'll she'll take her alt-right views and like whatever she believes and go into the opposite viewpoints like camp where there's like hundreds of people there like demonstrating like supporting their cause and she'll like you said just go in there and just stir like ruffle feathers and and stir the pot a little bit so homegirl on monday decides to go do one of her videos at ohio university i was mistaken i thought it was ohio state and thank you for correcting me because i would have come off like even more of an idiot i got you dude. thank you thank you. appreciate that Google appreciate Doc. that uh, <laughs> so she goes and she's gonna shoot one of her videos but it got leaked that she was gonna be on campus and the students at ohio university uh basically staged like a full-blown angry mob like they met her with i, I want to i i I think it might have been thousands of students if out I'm not, and about. If, if I'm not mistaken, they like you said, it was leaked, and then they they met her at where she was going to get out and start working. So they essentially like cut her off before she could even like infiltrate the campus, which 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 resulted in in the mass chaos that then went viral. So it's her, her camera guy, and her security guard who might be the largest human being I've ever seen in my life. The dude is at least six ten and pushing four bills easily just just an absolute unit um but so no video she's not gonna be able to do a video because everyone's there they're like we know what you're about we know what you're here to do and you're not gonna fucking do it on our campus so they 
start these chants and most of them are directed at her because while she was at Kent State, she allegedly shit her pants at a fraternity party and there's, you know, documented evidence of these allegations, but still wanted want to throw in that allegedly. allegedly just in case she lawyers up and, you know, I, I said I, I as much as it would go uh, I guess it would go a long way to like spread our brand if we were to be sued by Caitlin Bennett at InfoWars, I would prefer to gain uh notoriety in a different way. Caitlin that's Bennett just me. pooped her pants. Allegedly. Allegedly. There we go. <laughs> Throwing that allegedly anytime you're like she, slightly unsure. She allegedly fun. pooped her pants. So we're we're basically ridding ourselves of any slander, <laughs> um any claims of slander. But um, so basically God. the this angry mob was chanting like where's your diaper? Um, throwing toilet paper at her, just like just merciless, ruthless. All these clips are going around fi- uh, social media, and um, she gets on Twitter once she's you know basically she leaves the leaves the scene. She gets escorted off, um, gets into her car, and she starts tweeting all this shit like I'm going to demand that President Trump remove she, all public funding from Ohio University because I was bullied and played, assaulted. She played the victim, just. Just, oh, just what a performance! A and that, what I mean, a performance! And if she was if she wasn't so full of shit and have this track record of like this kind of stir the pot, ruffle the feathers, just get people angry at you type personality, then I might feel bad for her. But I don't. I don't at all. She she rolled in there and people got wind of it and cut her off. So the videos that she typically does, she's crowdsourcing information and interviews about hot button issues such as gun control. Abortion and uh, I guess most uh, gay rights stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and the, and the big the big thing that she's recently coming under scrutiny for, coming under fire rather, is the transgender bathroom laws mm. and whatnot. So basically, anything that's like hot in the streets that um, base like social issues, I guess, and that, that polarizing social issues at that. And she assumes the farthest right opinion. What's the phrase you 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 said earlier? She's a she adheres to like a brand of paranoid conservatism. Exactly. That's what we So basically they're coming for our as. guns, they're going to kill our babies. Um they're going to like dudes are going to come into the women's bathroom and sexually assault us. Like these are her words. It's it's, it's just trickle down kind of fear-mongering type super right tactics where they put out these polarizing social issues like you said and they just throw like worst case scenario type type stuff with no like factual basis when she first came onto the scene she was basically proliferating these videos through social media so her twitter her instagram her facebook and whatnot Infowars, like i mentioned before they they caught on to what her her shtick was and alex jones that rat fuck decided to hire her uh and um, now she's attached to Infowars, which, if you're not familiar with Infowars, they are literally the scummiest, skeeziest outlet of of news. And I say news very lightly. If you're watching the video feed, you see you see the you know the the air quotes. But basically, Alex Jones is famous for conceiving all of these conspiracy theories. Most famously, I would say is that the Sandy Hook and Vegas shootings were uh, basically staged by the federal government to for, like I guess further their um, their agenda on gun reform, yeah, push, push to to come and take the guns. And so they that... so she once she gets hired by Infowars, she runs with this take and basically takes it a step further and says that and, and this is I guess Alex Jones was the original um, uh, uh, voice behind this, but that the folks at Sandy Hook 
mind you, Sandy Hook, one of the most tragic school shootings in the history of this nation. Um, they, those those parents who were crying were just crisis actors. Their kids were not shot. The uh, they were hired to basically um, be be miserable on camera. Um, in order for the government to take away your assault rifles. So what, so obviously knowing who Alex Jones is and Infowars is and everything that they promote as like factual news is proven to be just inaccurate. Um, what, what, what was the result from like the social media community for Alex Jones is, is can you access his Twitter feed, his social media? Not dude, so he, he was on, he received a Twitter ban um, in a in a thirty day Facebook ban initially, I think this was right after the Sandy Hook stuff. And um, the problem with Alex Jones, outside of the fact that he's like uh, just one of the worst fucking human beings alive and just complete scum, is that he has this just massive following, mm-hmm. and his followers started to berate the grieving parents who just lost a child in a school shooting, and basically urged them. I, although he he has a actually pre he he has a hell of a lawyer uh, mm. frankly which makes makes complete sense but basically uh, he urged his following to harass these so called crisis actors um, who were in fact parents grieving after their child got but according to Alex Jones no they're just trying to take away your fucking assault rifles um, so he Stop. is he got kicked off Twitter he got kicked off Facebook which is shocking because Facebook is very uh, like they, they mean, don't kick off anyone. They, fa- Facebook has, has the, the, made the, a stance recently where they're not gonna they're not gonna check anything. Right. Whatever exactly. you put on there is what's on the, there. Like the home as long of fake as you're news. not directly like promoting violence against another person, they're not gonna step in and, and touch your account. Right. Infowars podcasts were taken off of Apple Podcasts and Spotify. They can't be on YouTube and they can't be on Vimeo. So everything is through their uh, their website, Infowars. And I'm not saying, I keep saying Infowars as if I want to give them clicks. Please do not give these fuckers clicks. And we'll get on this a little bit later. But it makes so much sense that this Caitlyn Bennett chick, who, when she first came out, you're just like, this is absurd. This this chick is insane. Obviously, she's just a clout chaser. But then she started to open her mouth. And you realized, oh, man, she's actually repulsive. Like, she's a yeah, horrible wow. human being. Every, everything she does is cringeworthy. She's, she's a disciple of Alex Jones. She's literally... Alex Jones and, and and young female form. So, I was sitting in uh, I guess Monday. I actually want to talk to you about this, but you know somebody had to skip class, not naming names or anything. Um, and you weren't at class or what? Sorry. No, I was I was there, dude. I mean, you wouldn't know because must have been me. <laughs> um, so I'm seeing the Twitter like just Twitter fucking explode. And you know I'm not a huge big like I'm not a huge fan of Twitter. I got off. Um, I, I deleted my Twitter account a couple years ago just because it's toxic. That environment it's is just disgusting. Of outrage and hatred. Um, yeah. And I'm back on now because we're trying to grow the brand and whatnot. And I need to be in the know with you know what the 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 youngins are talking about and whatnot. But what's lit? And what's not lit? Basically, her she's like the number one trending topic on Twitter. And there's the entire all, country. Yeah. And yeah. there's there's all these videos from the protest, or I, I, could you call it a protest? I wouldn't call it a protest. It was more of just like people showing up to get her the, the fuck out. Only thing missing was uh, you know torches and pitchforks. Yeah, I mean it was just a group of students that that showed up to just be like, no, you're not you're not welcome here. And I was getting a kick out of it because I don't like this chick. I think she's poisonous, and she I I mean we both have. Not only is she a bad person, but she claims to be a journalist. And I sort of got if she's claiming to be a journalist, then I'm I'm fucking Walter Cronkite. I mean, so frankly. this this yeah, this video that's up right now on her on her Twitter feed has north of 10 million views, 
and the video is her getting pushed out and then they get in the truck and there's such a mob that it's it's hard for them to just drive straight out and she's in the car just essentially like baby baby voicing like oh my gosh they're throwing stuff at me oh my gosh like trying to play the victim to whoever whoever's watching the video and actually buys into this like this this bullshit that she spews um Another one of her videos, the probably the most popular video, and I don't know if you've seen it, you might have. It ha- it has north of twenty million views. It's when she went to, I believe, it was a Bernie Sanders camp mm-hmm. rally, and the campaign caught wind of her, and they they yeah, told her she sure. had to leave. Yeah, and to to it, it speaks to your point about her claiming that she's a journalist because she was there to quote hands cover the the rally right when in fact everyone and their mom knows that she was there to just Dude. stir feathers and fuck up whatever the hell was going on and the thing about bernie is he he's very open about giving pretty much anybody credentials who wants them because he that's sort of like his that's his platform it's yeah. like you know he's he's a man of the people right that's exactly. what his whole thing is um and he's guy. not like gonna he's not you know i think we should make it clear he's not going to deny dissenters um credentials but because infowars is it's it's literally fake news and i hate saying that because it's been popularized by you know right-wing conservatives and whatnot and you not to say like i feel like i'm just being like middleman dan here but um the fact that bernie and his camp caught wind that infowars was trying to get credentials and denied them tells you all you need to know about just how just disgusting this outlet is but as i was watching all these videos and i felt myself like i, I felt giddy by watching how yeah. all these people were so pissed off at her. And I kind of thought, I'm like, what about Caitlin Bennett makes folks just have this such a strong reaction? Because my solution to this, and this makes me such a fucking hypocrite, is to just stop giving this shit clicks. Like, then it's the same for all these folks who just want to be, like, most opinionated journalists who want to get clicks based on their outrageous opinions, they know where the line is. And seldom do they pass that line. Then you have the folks like Alex Jones and Caitlin Bennett who know where the line is and go 15 feet beyond said line. So Caitlin Bennett, to me, is the type of... the type of I don't, I don't know what to call her because I don't want to call her a journalist. I don't want to call her a reporter. She's the type of like social media, I guess, star that doesn't know shit about about anything that could counter like her belief system so she takes her ultra ultra like right wing beliefs and there's people on the left that do this same thing probably not to her extent as aggressive as it is but they take these beliefs that they have and they don't even try to see the other side and then they go right into the opposing view and try to correct them and try to ask them why they believe what they do and that kind of thing makes people mad and it, it, it human beings by nature are incredibly reactionary so when they get angry it goes viral because that's what people want they want to see caitlin bennett get get shut down online or, or the people that are for caitlin bennett want to see her like stick it to the to the left that have it all wrong and and yeah i mean she's just a nuisance i mean like i mentioned i, I got off twitter just for this reason because it's it's just toxic but why I just don't understand why people want to tune in just to see a to just get angry. I mean, I feel like a lot of people our age like to get online just to get mad. Mm-hmm. They love to be mad online, and they they like having this like stimulation that makes them like inexplicably upset. Like the fact that this woman who has some very uh, controversial and fake 
I, I don't want to say fa- uh, what, what would you uh, un- basically um, what's the word for it uh, unsubstantiated claims about the, the some seriously um, controversial stuff in our country why do we, why do we allow ourselves to be so caught up with her bullshit it doesn't make any sense to me however I had this thought as I was watching all these videos and just scrolling through my Twitter like fuck yeah like I love to see this chick get roasted I'm like why does she why do we let her live in our heads rent free it makes no sense to me I don't understand how do we get to this point in society I think that it's just a byproduct of of the social media culture that has become like an exclusive like outrage culture on both sides if you get on the internet Twitter specifically rarely is it is it a place where like everybody's coming together and, and spreading a positive message. That's why it was so profound when Kobe Bryant passed away that people were actually coming together on social media and things were like positive for a change and it had the entire country shook. The normal outlook on social media is is negative cesspool type type negativity and when you bring in politics and how people live and people's rights and all the 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 hot button issues that people care about on a day to day basis, it just gets elevated to it to an extreme. And Caitlin Bennett is the protocol prototypical example of that outrage culture that has become the main point of social media for better or for worse, mainly for worse. She calls herself a journalist, but really she just goes into crowds that have different views and her entire goal is just making people angry by questioning those beliefs. And I mean it's 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 just wrong. You see folks doing this all the time in like late night television, like Kimmel's folks and uh, to, to a lesser extent Fallon. Like he'll do the man on the street stuff because it's funny. Like Sal, cousin Sal, he you know he'll occasionally go and do these absurd you know man on the street videos where he's you know sticking a microphone in somebody's face just to kind of get like that awkward interaction mm-hmm. and whatnot. But he's it's I think it's harmless. Whereas yeah, this it's, stuff it's is lighthearted and satire. They they do dumb things like point on this map where. Ohio is or right. something and, and people don't sure. know and it's silly yeah. because they look dumb but when you mix in the fact that she's not going into these places out of like humor or zest or lighthearted kind of like collaboratism that, that America needs in this kind of climate she's going in hot, with, a, with a hostile mindset and she's like just getting mad at people people are responding to her in a negative way and then it just boils down and I mean, it blows up. The videos of her online um, that I see, the most of the ones I see are her getting roasted. So I don't know why the hell she's going out anymore. Because, I mean, she must just get a ton of DMs from people that, like, agree with her or something. Because, based on the videos I see, she looks like a fucking idiot all the time. I just really... In a time where journalism is facing constant scrutiny... And really is going through one of the worst periods that, I mean, we talk to our professors all the time about like, you know, the, the, the failures of, of news media and why folks don't buy newspapers and why people don't want to pay for good journalism anymore. It's just, this is the worst time for, for journalism in the United States as a, like maybe in, like when, you know, we're going through like the red scare or something and journalists mm-hmm. were, you know, 
receiving cease and desist and we're what, what, what's the phrase we're learning in, in donald's class i it's just like basically getting censored before uh content was produced like obviously that was not a great time and anytime you're receiving censorship from the federal government that's that's problematic for a variety of reasons because the united states claims to be the freest nation on earth which is i don't think no longer it's certainly not the case any longer if you look at the uh, rankings of uh, uh, the the freedom uh, the press freedom index, I think the United States is hardly in the top fifty anymore. But um, in a time that's so divisive as this, and folks have no ability to, did your camera just go off? I think so. All right, why don't we just pause right Let's here? Let's just keep rolling. Keep going. Okay, let me let me get back into you it. Don't need to pause. No, no, I can get back into it. Let me just let it die for like five seconds and clap. In a time where journalists are facing all this scrutiny, like I said, um, and people have very low media IQ, and that means that folks don't know, you know, down, up from down and right from left, um, and they're basically being fed all this, this, you know, disinformation and whatnot. Folks like Caitlin Bennett, who claim to be a journalist, like if she, if she just said, "I'm just in it for the, I'm just in it for the clout." I am trying to develop my brand and I want all the Twitter followers and whatnot. It's not like I'm not going to respect that, but the fact that she claims to be a legitimate journalist is so fucking toxic and so bad for not only actual journalists who are criminally underpaid and struggling to bridge the gap between newspapers and the digital age and fail, like honestly failing. And then you have folks like, um, this this Caitlin Bennett chick who literally give so-called journalists this terrible terrible name it's it's unfortunate and I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I was sitting there on Monday thinking that this was the funniest fucking thing I've seen since you know Chappelle's most recent stand-up I mean this girl has north of 300,000 Twitter followers at this point and when I checked yesterday because I'm always interested to see how people grow their social media um, she was pretty significantly under 300,000 and just based on this interaction alone which which you could argue is incredibly negative for her she gained 30 to 40,000 followers in one night so if you're a normal journalist like you said and you're kind of grinding that normal kind of news beat you know trying to find the news trying to report what's honest trying to get like a sense of the times and do your civic duty and 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 the duty that that your job dictates you got to feel completely def deflated because this girl is just going out and ruffling feathers and it's incredibly more successful than anything that they're doing. And her and her camp are literally manipulating reality. They're yeah. distorting facts. It's 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 just missing it's disinformation, it's fear-mongering tactics, it's throwing out stuff that isn't isn't proven. The the transgender stuff is the best example of that in my opinion because she goes out and she just puts a microphone in people's faces and she asks if you let guys into girls' bathroom, they're going to sexually assault people, and it's right? Like, and you're that's just like, just like uh, uh, well, where uh, uh, where do you where are the statistics? Based on Does what? that happen? Based on what? Because you're closed-minded, like fuck. Like it may it makes it makes no sense, and, and it's it's damaging to how people get information. It's damaging right. to like voter kind of competence going into the twenty twenty election. It's. It's just bad on all fronts because she's not the only one. She's just the one that gets the most traction at this point. And she's so under-informed. And, it, like, some folks like this who are, they understand what they're doing. And they're, they've are they just sold out and they're just trying to get clicks. 
at least they're well educated and well read this chick is dumb like she is big dumb like her boss is probably more intelligent than she is honestly and that's sad because alex jones is a fuck but but alex jones and himself he he he's a freaking psychopath so he sees caitlin bennett he's like we're gonna do this this and she buys into it she's just dumb she doesn't think for herself she gets put in these situations and it doesn't work out for anybody in a positive manner and it further just kind of cuts at the fabric of our country and it's, it's it's incredibly unfortunate it's irresponsible it's unethical it's bad for literally everyone um associated with her content whether that's the content creators or those who are consuming it because if you're giving off this this idea that you're a, an actual journalist like big j journalist and you're spreading this bullshit people are going people are i don't want to say that they're dumb but they lack a little bit of savvy when it mm-hmm. comes to consuming like good journalism. They see this shit pop up on their Facebook feed. Well, no longer, I guess, because of you know Infowars is like like we said has been blocked by most uh, you know social media accounts. But you know hypothetically, you're in a bar. Um, you're not necessarily the most uh, well versed in politics and the the ongoing social you know climate. Um, and your buddy says, "Hey, did you see this this video about you know this?" This lady who was interviewing these folks at this, uh, you know, uh, rally for liberals and whatnot, and she was saying like, "Don't you, you know, isn't it bad that the federal government's going to take our guns?" And, you know, you're you're like in this weird, this weird, you're you're in this weird headspace and, and, and caught between, you know, not knowing what's appropriate to consume and what media you should be reading about. And being told by either secondhand, your, you know, your secondhand buddy, because we, we can talk about this. We can both talk about this because we're well-educated and we have experience in media. But if you don't, if you do not have that awareness and people you trust are getting, you know, this information from this horrible human being and they're passing it off as like fact, I mean, that's you- when it's like the game of telephone. Like I say one thing to you. And 15 people later, I'm, you know, saying something completely different. And that's how we've arrived in this media landscape. It just further dictates the, or further proves the point that, like, the social media, like, when you go to social media for your news, it's just a a cesspool of disinformation. But Caitlin Bennett's pinned tweet right now is a 50-second video of her so-called riot, which doesn't illustrate the entire the entire time that she was there doesn't illustrate what she did when she got out of the car. It starts with her in the car, people throwing stuff at her car, and she said, this is what happens when a Trump supporter goes to a college campus. Leftists at Ohio University started a riot when whoever and I showed up, and the police let it happen. So she she goes out of her way to spin the narrative for something that probably didn't even happen, like the way that she's dictating it. She got out of the car with the sole intent of going on that campus and stirring shit up. And the fact that she was met with like a wall of students who weren't going to take her bullshit and we're going to throw it right back in her face, whether you agree with like people throwing shit at her car or flicking her off, whatever it's, it's irrelevant um, or not. She is just full of shit. And, and it just, it further pushes this narrative that if you adhere to this kind of like, news consumption you're going to be misled and you're going to go on a path that isn't isn't loaded in facts videos like this lack context and they take advantage of the fact that millennials and kids you know below the age of i don't know folks below the age of like 30 who grew up in the internet age have such low attention spans they'll see this video and 
not read anything else about it. They will take it as fact and yeah, think, and the, wow, and that's really fucked up. But what they don't see is that the media outlet that she works for has done unspeakable harm to folks who are going through the big, like the largest tragedy any human being should have to go through. Or, no, no excuse me, not unspeakable tragedy that no one should go through. I misspoke there. And like I said, Alex Jones... And this is stuff you don't see on this 50-second Twitter Twitter video you were referring to. You don't see the shit that InfoWars puts out. You don't see this harm, this irreparable harm that this company has done. You don't see the shit that Caleb Bennett's done in the past. You just see that 50-second video, you form an opinion, and it's so fucking irresponsible. I don't know if the burden of cultivating knowledge is on the consumer... Or the media outlet in question. So I think that the, it's probably a mixture of, of both. Because if you're one of Caitlyn Menace's 327,000 Twitter followers and you're not following her because you enjoy seeing her get roasted, then that means that you probably agree with the things that she's pushing and you, you look at her as some sort of hero of sorts somehow. So she is pushing this narrative on social media she's putting out this this fake news this this completely out of context liberal bullshit. snowflakes like liberal snowflake kind of like this is how they react to us this is how they treat trump supporters we're so victimized so marginalized and she has access directly to the it's a ladder so they they go to caitlin bennett and then they they find out about info wars and they go to the website and then they become this entire sort of the clouded bullshit, the left is evil, fuck them, and it further creates a divide in the country when we're at a point where we should probably be pushing back toward the center. And this enables folks who have actual power, and I'm going to refer to this article that you you sent me a couple of weeks ago from The Atlantic. This thought process enables people who have power to take advantage of social media algorithms and just the mass proliferation of fake information and manipulated headlines and false news stories mm-hmm. and give them to folks on social media. The article that I'm referencing, Ryan, like I said, um, uh, you know, you're, you, this is basically your thing. You were the one who found this article and sent it to me, thankfully. Um, and I sent it to my entire family. If you haven't read it, it's fantastic. But basically, it's about... Uh, President Trump's ability to sort of take all of these 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 fake news and I I, I don't know how else do you, how else would so you describe fake I, news? Like, I would describe it as like disinformation campaigns. Sure. It 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 illustrates the strategy used by Trump in 2016 to like oversaturate like like social media networks with with disinformation with Caitlyn Bennett style like outrage Facebook posts, Facebook ads, YouTube ads, everything. Um, in the article, it talks about how he spent or he posted like 4.6 million Facebook ads to Hillary's 60,000. So he got wind of the fact that if you just load up these social media networks with disinformation, people are just going to believe it at face value because nobody is doing any digging. And it just discredits like the big players in the industry who are relevant and they formulate educated opinions and they present it to the people and you're supposed to take it in and develop an opinion for yourself and it completely makes that obsolete and it creates a generation of people that are just distracted that don't care and that just see something online they're like oh that makes me mad i'm on this side i don't give a fuck about the other side because this is what i believe and if you don't believe me 
then fuck you. And they refused to read uh, media establishments like the New York Times, Boston Globe, Washington Post that actually put time and effort into their reporting. And I understand it's easier not to only, watch a 30 second only, video than read a you know 2,000 word article, but at the same time, the I mean, hell, dude, if it's it's between picking to, uh, a video to read, uh, excuse me, a video to watch and an article to read, I'm nine times out of ten going to pick the video because it's easier. It's mm-hmm. it, it's mindless, and they know this. They know how erratic and um, uncalculated the average consumer of media is, and there's mm-hmm. no there's no there's no there's there's no reason to read long form journalism if you think that you can develop an opinion based on these videos. There's no there's no reason to subscribe to actual newspapers. Yeah, and I certainly don't think that you can possibly establish like a, a fully educated like opinion just based on watching a video. Especially not a video like the ones that Caitlin Bennett and like the Trump campaign are putting out. But what sucks is that that these politicians are getting wind of it. Trump in twenty twenty is one thousand percent gonna double down on this strategy because his crowd has proven that this is an effective strategy in today's climate and it can appeal to people's emotions and their insecurities about whatever in the world with just loud shouting and fear mongering. And it doesn't really matter if it's factual or not because people just want to hear a story that they can attach to and they don't really care if it's right or wrong. Uh, You know, let's wrap this up, but I would say, you know, in 2016 when millions of folks were blindsided by, uh, you know, uh, President Trump's victory over Hillary Clinton, they did not account for this reality that we now live in, which is, you know, folks with a lot of power and a lot of assets, a lot of money taking advantage of the system. And social media, is, it's it's a very dangerous weapon when it is not utilized properly. It can be very dangerous. And we're seeing that manifest itself in, you know, in a day-to-day life. And the reason we broached this topic and the reason I felt like it was important to talk about this is because it's like, there is, I, I don't find, I, I don't know what the solution is. It, do you just turn, like I got off social media, I got off Twitter because I didn't want to be a part of it anymore, but folks are still going to take part in this. This it, it, Twitter is not going anywhere anytime soon, but it's so toxic and such a hostile environment. And I don't know what the solution is, but I hope that there is one and there's going to be sort of a market correction at some point soon because this is unfortunate and it's sort of dystopian it's we're going to we're going to a state of dystopian in terms of um you know um national media um dystopia is a perfect word for it to be honest and you ask what the correction is um i don't want to be a pessimist i like to think of myself as somewhat of like an optimist i like to see like the world in a light that maybe things are going to be okay in the long run but if we continue to like shorten our attention spans and don't care about long form stuff don't care about what's going on not listening to politicians like how many people out there are going to watch the debate tonight uh, did, did seldom like do, few did, seldom few do a majority of the people even know that people are like that there's democratic candidates like debating no tonight? no i don't i don't think they do and they're just going to catch the highlights on twitter and they're going to catch the highlights based on whoever is cutting up the most reactionary kind of outraged type you know quote from from the debate and and it's only gonna get worse in my opinion um before it gets better and like i said i hope there is a market correction i have a simple solution burn it all down no don't listen to a female who got caught shitting her pants at a fraternity party less than three years ago allegedly allegedly let's take a break and we'll be right back she definitely pooped her pants (laughs)
All right, welcome back. Um, we're going to detour from that sort of serious political commentary, and we're going to start talking about stuff that we kind of actually know about, which is sports. Um, bread and butter. Yeah, it's our bread and butter of sports. <laughs> so, Jesse. Ryan. Are you aware that it's hockey season? I am. Are you aware that Thou Stars are pretty good? Would you say that they're the second best in their conference? Yeah, so the, the Stars are... Kind of like back and forthing with the Blues right now for who is the top team in the West, which is incredible. It's fun. I love it. It's nice to root for a winning team. Mm-hmm. Dude, <laughs> spoils, spoil of yeah. riches for you. You get Liverpool and the Stars. Yeah, what it's, the it's pretty fuck nice. Is going on here. Yeah, man? things are things are good. So I mean, the Stars are a weird team. They started one seven and one on the season, which I mean, not great. It's not great. Not at all. great. When you when you're at that point in the season, you're like, "Holy fuck, this is going to be a long one. We're we're screwed here." But they've they've certainly bounced back. They survived a coaching change. Jim Montgomery, um, who, if you're a Stars fan listening, you know has been our coach for all of one year. Last year was his first year. This year was supposed to be his second year, and he got fired randomly. It's breaking news. It was crazy. Um, there was all sorts of rumors, and to this day, nobody really knows like what he did. He checked into rehab at one point. I was going to say, it's like sort of a foregone conclusion that my guy had a bit of a drinking problem. Yeah, yeah? so so the the thought is obviously that Speaking he Speaking of drinking problem, you keep going. I forgot my beer. In the... Yeah, why don't, you, why don't you snag me one too? Perfect. All keep right. going. So while Jesse goes and feeds his alcoholic tendencies, I'm going to talk about how Jim Montgomery... Um, it was it was a sad, a sad thing to see him go because he did lead the Stars to the playoffs. He was well-liked throughout the organization, but then... Something happened, they kept it under wraps, and they let him go. Ultimately, um, they brought in Rick Bowman, who was the assistant coach, interim coach, um, and he's led the team to the best record in the West on and off the with the St. Louis Blues. Welcome back, Jesse. Um, Bowman kind of, Jesse, I don't know if you know this, but Bowman's a defensive coach. Yep. He brought in this sort of uh, defensive-minded kind Dude's of Dude's been culture. in the NHL for like decades, yeah. too, right? He's been in the decades forever. He loves Corvettes. That's his whole thing. Um, so he 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 takes over, kind of switches the narrative, puts, puts he doesn't bench any of our guys, but he kind of diminishes some of the offensive guys' ice times for guys who are more defensive-minded, and it's and it's worked. Um, it's worked about as well as you can imagine. So. so in terms of talent, uh, you know, as a very casual hockey fan, if you had to, you know, go roster by roster and just go strictly off pure talent, where would the stars rank? So are you talking like top forwards, scoring goals, everything like that? Or are you talking more defensively goalie? Just like the whole, the whole kid and caboodle. So the star, the stars struggle scoring goals to mm-hmm. this point in the season, but their defense and their goaltending is, is at the top of the league. So so they're a team that's gotten by on the fact that, that people can't score on us. Or them, rather. Not us. I'm not on the team. Um, so, can we brief segue. Do you have a problem when folks say us when you're nah, talking about a team? Just, I really don't. I, let it fucking yeah. ride, then. Let I it do ride. the same thing. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really care. I'm not on the team. None of us are on the team, but we comment on the team, and we like who we like. So to get back to your point, the stars, as far as like offensive production, guys that you you see every night, like lighting at the highlight reel, Connor McDavid, Alexander Ovechkin, uh, Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, guys like that, 
Um, they don't have one of those guys. Tyler Sagan is probably supposed to be that, but he hasn't lived up to that hype at all this season. He's been valuable in other ways, but he hasn't been able to put the puck in the net. Um, Jamie Ben, the captain, the same way. Art Ross Trophy winner, but the but the year he won it, um, it was a weird. It was a weird year where nobody got over 90 points and he somehow won it with 87. So, which to, to kind of illustrate how low of a number that is, there's two forwards on the Edmonton Oilers who both have 87 points already this season. Um, and there's a lot of hockey left to be played. So, to answer your question in the long form, they have talent, some of it's untapped. Their best assets are, are in net and in defense. And that's where we thrive and that's where we've won hockey games so with uh we're well past the halfway point of the nhl season um and given the stars current place and their success they've experienced this season as a stars fan you can't help but think that there's potential for a deep playoff run ryan we're gonna have this conversation in, in four months or so and I want you to tell me why the Stars could potentially make said deep playoff run. So defense wins championship, Jesse. That's that's cliche as old as time. Um, but you also have to score goals. If the Stars can continue with their goaltending, with their defense, Ben Bishop, Antti Hudobin, both incredible goaltenders, um, can keep up this kind of brick wall type mentality, then the Stars can make a deep playoff run. They can make a Stanley Cup run if guys like Sagan and Jamie Benn step up to the plate and start putting the puck in the net. Um, the big story for the Stars um, going into the playoffs is going to be their eventual matchup with the St. Louis Blues, who are the defending Cup champions. The Stars have met the Blues in their last two playoff appearances. Both times it's gone to seven games. Both times they've lost. Last year, they, it took two overtimes. Game seven, brutal loss for Stars fans. Um, so there's a lot of animosity, a lot of hate toward toward that city of St. Louis. Personally, I think they're a bunch of schlubs, a bunch of low-class fucks. But who am I to speak on that? You know, I'm just wearing a nice collared <laughs> shirt with a sweet pattern on it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, and I'm the, the intramural champ. <laughs> But to answer your question, the Stars, gonna, the Stars, to make a deep playoff run, have to rely on their defense, stick to what they're doing, and offensive production has to continue to trend upwards because you can't win games if you don't put points on the board. Well, that's that's all you know. well and good. Uh, I, you know, I know you don't want to do this, um, but I'm going to put you on the spot. I want you to provide your prediction for the rest of the season for the Stars because... As somebody who consumes a fair amount of hockey-related media, I don't necessarily sit down for my television to watch hockey. Uh, as we've discussed, I unfortunately don't have a hockey team. I need to um, adopt one as my own. But There's a nice team in Dallas that you can root for. Anywho, um, what are your predictions for the rest of the season? And when we're, like I said, when we're having this conversation in four months, are we going to talk? Are we going to be talking about the Stars Stanley Cup? win or about the disappointing loss in the first or second round so the way you phrase that question is unfair to me because it puts me on the spot where it I does can, correct where I, can, where I can either be the irrational stars fan or i can think about it like logically and 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 a little pessimistically and i'm going to choose to do the latter because you can't like if i'm going to bet on a team to win the cup it probably won't be the dallas stars because you can't 
just assume that the scoring numbers are going to increase. Um, and there's just so much talent in the league. You got teams like Boston, you got Crosby, you got Ovechkin, you got the stupid St. Louis Blues, you got Edmonton who's hungry. Edmonton, um, to talk about them a little bit, has been a team that has literally loaded up on number one picks. Some of them have gone great. Some of them have been terrible. But right now, they have the best player in the world, Connor McDavid, complimenting another guy, Leon Dreisaitl, who literally topped the rankings for points. And they're hungry because they've underachieved. So teams like this, who can who can punch you in the face, bring the game right at you, are, are going to be tough for the Stars to handle um, if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. In the West, I think that that conference is weaker um, than the East, so they have a realistic chance to get to that conference championship game, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them there. Um, but if the scoring, if the scoring is not there at that point, if it's not there in the playoffs, then they don't really have a chance. So my prediction: Stars Stanley Cup victory. Fuck yeah, love it, <laughs> love it. I honestly hope that you know comes to fruition for you because you know I, unlike you. Like it when my my boys teams do well. Um, I know, like it I'm when a your true teams friend. do well. What are you talking about? Right, right. Let's just you know disavow the last couple of weeks of pods when you've just taken a base. It's like a cottage industry for you to just roast the fucking Astros. But sure. I, do you really want to get into no, the no? No, I certainly certainly do not. Because I support my boys, but I don't support my boys when they're cheating. Cheating fucks. fucks. <laughs> so okay, let's get outside the Metroplex uh, before we move on to basketball. What uh, elsewhere on the NHL uh, for casual hockey fans? What what do we need to know? Uh, you need to know that hockey's the best sport on the planet for one. And what else you need to know is that there's a lot of good storylines. I touched on Edmonton a little bit. They're in the playoff hunt. They're the best player in the world. Um, so the question is, can they turn on the playoffs? So if you're a casual hockey fan and you're sitting down in a couple months and you're you're you got an NHL game on your palate, it's it's it's, it's the Penguins versus the Oilers, and you're thinking, what the heck am I doing here? What what am I going to watch? Just just pay close attention to number 97 on Edmonton because he's hungry. Last season they got bounced, and he was not happy. He was visibly upset in the interview. He said it's not good enough. So he's he's hungry, and he's a guy whose talent can elevate an entire team. Um, another storyline is Tampa Bay is good for the second straight year. Last year they set a record number four points in a season team-wise, 128, and then they were subsequently swept in the first round by the Carolina Hurricanes. Embarrassing. So they're going to try to get back, and they're going to want to fucking punch people in the mouth to, to wipe that nasty memory out of there. And then there's always the narrative of, can Crosby or Ovechkin make another legitimate run at a Stanley Cup? And the answer is always, Maybe. Because they're both good, they're both in the playoffs, and you know they're both going to try to add to that legacy. So those are my three storylines um, going into you know the latter half of the season. Um, yeah, hockey's great. Tune in, underrated sport. If you're in a city where you have a an NHL team, I'm not I'm not talking shit, Jesse. Don't roll your eyes. If you're in a city where you have an NHL team. I highly suggest you take some time, buy a ticket, go watch it because it's it's unlike any sporting event on the planet. Before the Stars go to the playoffs, me and you will be going to the AAC to watch the Stars game. Putting that out on the pod, speaking that into reality. Because I 
I love hockey. I really do. It's so fun to watch. It's, you know, the atmosphere actually at a game is fucking electric. I mean, my aunts used to take me to the Houston Arrows games all the time. I've told you this at the Toyota Center. And it's just fucking awesome, dude. It's amazing. It's it's so much fun. Everyone there is so invested. It's so fast-paced. Um, it's just a tragedy that Houston can't, you know, get a fucking hockey team. And they quit cheating. Maybe they'll get some good fortune. Sweet Jesus. There. Okay. Let's transition over to basketball. NBA. So it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, the state of basketball in the Lone Star State is at the peak of its powers um, in terms, especially when as it relates to uh, Dallas and Houston, because, you know, the Spurs are sort of like a they're sort of an aside, whereas we've experienced like 15, 20 years of their dominance and, and the, you know... Thank God that's over. Country. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Timmy and uh, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Popovich, but I gotta respect the fuck out of him. He's one of the one of the greatest of all time to, you know, don the coaching uniform. Coaching uniform. Coaching uniform. Good Lord. Coaching... Did I just say coaching uniform? Thank you, Dad. Oh, no. I don't really know what that means. Yikes. <laughs> Big yikes. There goes my basic, like, sports acumen out the window. AS- ASMR. ASMR. Uh, so the Dallas Mavericks, the goat, if you're going to summarize the first half of their season. And for those that don't know, we just reached the basic halfway point of the NBA season, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, came as, uh, we, we witnessed the all-star game this weekend and mind you all-star festivities this weekend were fucking awesome. Uh, shout out to the NBA for finally getting the all-star game right. In my opinion, um, the dunk contest was the best I've seen in a long time. Three point contest was fantastic. Came down Aaron to the last Gordon shot. Got robbed, though, dude, dude. What was completely. that about? Uh, it was uh, basically because what was his name? Chadwick Boseman doesn't know how to judge a, a, a dunk contest, but no, dude, definitely got robbed. But like I said, most um, I, I don't even know how to put into words. I don't want to say electric because that is not doing justice. But the most entertaining dunk contest that I can recall personally. Dwight Howard came out, wore his Superman, you know, cape, and delivered two very subpar dunks because he's old and, yeah, uh, old, old as shit. His <laughs> knees don't work anymore. Uh, not nearly as explosive as it used to be, but it was still fun. Um, shout out uh, NBA hat tip to Adam Silver, like literally the he's best, be best, the best, commish, best right? commissioner yeah. in all of the major sports. But um, if you're going to put the Mavs first half into context, three words or less. I think you have to go with holy shit, Luca. This kid um, is so good. Like I knew that the Mavs got a steal when you know uh, Atlanta took him third and traded him to the Mavs, basically for like essentially Trey Young straight up. It was well, it was Trey Young and one other player, and it, that trade is going to be one of the worst trades in NBA history. So, what do you opinion. make of like? So Trey Young is obviously like a good. He's pretty good. No, he's he's player. yeah, he's, dude, been, he's been great this sure. season. He's he's like Steph so, Curry light for sure. So so people look at Luca and he's been so electric and mm-hmm. they they that narrative you just you just said where they're gonna look back on this and it's, it's probably gonna be unfairly sure. critical of yeah. the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young. Where what kind of career is Trey? Trey Young gonna have in your opinion? He's going to be because he was everywhere. So if you this took weekend. if you took Steph Curry. And you removed thirty three percent of his powers. Okay, you'd have Trey Young. 
I think that's, I mean, that's the logical comparison because this dude prides himself on taking these absurd three-pointers from mm-hmm. God knows where, like, the fucking logo. He has incredible range, but he is sort of going through the whole Devin Booker, Devin Booker problem where it's like he puts more importance on the statistics than actually winning. And mind you, this is like a take that has not had a lot of time to come to fruition because the kid's still in his second season as an NBA player. So he, we don't know who he's going to be, but if you made me say now, I think he's going to be, like I said, about 66% as valuable as, as Steph Curry. That's, that's his ceiling in my opinion. Um, he he's great. He's a great player, but Luca is a generational talent. And the fact that y'all went from one of the most likable and talented uh, players in the history of the NBA in Dirk Nowitzki to Luca and just happened to luck into another European superstar is, you know, I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a, it's a little fishy, little. Little suspect. I think fishy. Cubes, what are you talking cubes about? Cubes might I th- be I thought in Silver's back. I thought you were going to no, go with. I thought you were going to go with Lucky, and then you, I have to rationalize. And, and then this you accuse. And then GC. you accuse Dallas of, of of performing sketchy, unethical, I'm lack project- of integrity I'm type I'm type things, Christ and then Almighty. and then you have the audacity to put that on our city when you when you can't even look in the mirror okay. and realize that okay. this city is full of integrity. Fuck, we deserve overcoming. We're, full you, of you didn't integrity. want me to talk about Houston. Full and then of you, you come out the Jesus age. You come out the woodworks with this kind full of hot take. My left testicle, Man. Luca. Though second season, I was getting like, a little tired. All, you woke me up a little bit. All kidding aside, <laughs> this kid is just raw. He's, he is. That's, he's, that's the word for it right He's there. already a top five player in the league. This season, he's averaging 29 points per game, nine and a half rebounds, almost nine assists per game. He's close to averaging a triple-double. And the fact that he got to this point this quickly, like I expected this from him, but maybe in his third or fourth season, and he's already here. The one knock on him, of course, is his health. He's a little, he's a little doughy, but he's also very, very young. And he's gonna grow. He's gonna continue to grow and develop. And you don't really hit your physical peak until what you're 24, 25. Yeah. This kid's just still a baby, you know. Twenty and he's years put, old, right? He's putting up. He's averaging almost like nearly a triple double with thirty Incredible. fucking points. It's insane. Um, so if he keep, if he continues to trend upwards, you have to assume that he's gonna hit that athletic peak, 24, 25, and he's also ASMR beer open, and then he's going to. Probably tone up, get get athletically yep. fit, and and become an even more efficient shooter than he already is. And I mean, as a Dallas Mavericks fan, I'm admittedly not someone who follows them religiously. But right. with the guys like Luca, it's hard to not watch. He's he's so much fun. Um, he dominated the All Star weekend. Unfortunately, he didn't get a, get a lot of playing time um, in the All Star game on Sunday. Coming off that ankle. exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's it's you know you don't want to press him. Um, and if you get hurt in the All Star game, it's really hard to sort worst. of rationalize that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, absolute worst. I was so Luca hurt his ankle at practice. Um, what a couple weeks ago, maybe two, and he gets healthy right before the All Star game. He plays against the Kings, and he says he's going to play in the All Star game. I admittedly was like, "Come on, my guy, just sit it out." But he's in the second year. He probably should have made the All-Star game last year, but he didn't. There's a little bit of controversy with that. This year, he was obviously a unanimous pick. The the crazy thing thing about Luka, in my opinion, is that most NBA stars have a bit of baggage. Um, And the thing about Luka is he's too young to have that baggage. He's he's so pure, and he's, I would say, probably the most likable player in the league right now. 
everybody everybody absolutely adores him and yeah, rightfully he, so because he's got this like you said he's pure he's got this childlike innocence and he everybody knows his history at this point he was playing professional basketball in Europe so he's not afraid of this spotlight and and because he's so young and because he's been in kind of the professional basketball world he isn't like I guess he's susceptible to whatever but he's not like some American baller who got famous on Instagram yeah, and exactly. like is, has all this clout and yep. is full of himself. He's just a guy that loves basketball, yeah. wants to win every fun. single night, and he's fun and he has a great game and he can do anything and it's incredibly fun to watch. Thank God, Mark Cuban paid off Adam Silver to get him as a as a draft pick. You you really love to see that as a as a fan from Houston. The it. Mavs are thirty three and twenty two. Um, they're seventh in the West. However, they're only five games out of second place, which goes to show that there's a log jam in the middle of the Western Conference. They literally can find themselves a four seed if they have a good week, mm-hmm. frankly. Yeah. Um, it's a, it all falls on to can Lucas stay healthy because... He's missed a couple of games this if, season so when, far. When Lucas not on the court, they're pretty mediocre. They um, are incredibly mediocre. Porzingis That's, isn't, isn't the kind of guy that can carry this team the right. way people maybe thought he would. You know, He hadn't played in over a year. Yada, yada, right. yada. But the Mavs need Luka on the court to be a competitive basketball That brings me to my my three words about the Mavs season going forward. One player away. Um, Brian, we talked about this earlier today. Uh, I feel like the average Mavericks fan was sort of pissed off that the Mavs did not make a move at the trade deadline to get that one player. The one guy. They, they are probably one top 25 player away from being like going from that seven seed to maybe like a third seed. Um, but when you surround Luca and Kristaps Porzingis with guys like Hardaway, uh, Seth Curry, um, Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson. Yes. Uh, Maxi Kleba, Brea, Dorian Finney Smith, guys like this, it kind of makes you question if the front office is invested. And that's just like, I understand that there's two sides to this. The problem is, and I want, Mavs fans who have this mindset to realize that nobody expected Luka to be this good this quickly. We all knew his ceiling was astronomical through the roof. However, you should not rush this process, in my opinion. I don't know your take about this. You're, you know, Dallas guy, but you have, like I said, a superstar, a guy who is a bona fide MVP candidate, his second season in the fucking league. So Why got, would you rush the product and, and jeopardize the future to win now? Especially, I, especially when both the LA teams are as stacked as they are. Yeah, so I liken I liken it to when you have like an all star quarterback in the NFL and or a, or a high a high draft pick quarterback and you already have kind of a franchise guy and you kind of sit him for a little while and you let him rest and you let him, you let him kind of get in there. Um, for Luca, he's so good. So early, you can't predict it. Like you said, um, it would be almost irresponsible if they kind of panic traded some assets away and, and tried to win like right now, obviously that's what they want. Obviously that's what, what Luca wants is to win, 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 but no one saw this coming. So Mavs, can realistically kind of grow this talent and I don't know, be pretty relevant for the, for the foreseeable future. 
Yeah, it, I, I would love to see the Mavs make it, um, you know, to the second round. I, I really hope that we find ourselves uh, watching the Mavs and Rockets in the playoffs. That'd be amazing. It, literally, I would I would. I love got Mavs that. in five there. Bullshit. 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 You serious? You serious, my guy? Mavs in five? Against the Rockets? That's cake, dude. Against the Rockets. That's light. That's lightweight. Jesus age. On the other side of the state of Texas, about four and a half miles, hours down 45. The old armpit, as they call it. Houston, Texas. The stinky, deodorant-free armpit of our great state. The peak of Of sports success. And the peak of sports success? You don't have, what? You don't have any championships. I don't think any city is having a worse year. Uh, than the city of Houston, frankly, uh, and I, I, you know, we all know about the Astros' ongoing uh, fiasco. Great word. <laughs> I don't even think that does it justice, frankly. Um, but the Houston Rockets, before the season, uh, Ryan, I'm sure you are familiar with this story. Uh, our general manager, <laughs> my God, Ryan just showed me a picture of himself in his Navy uniform, and Jesus H. You look like I called you a cherub earlier today. You literally look like you're five years old in that picture. Twenty one. Holy shit. Fresh off the deployment. That's amazing. That is so fucking great. That is great. All right. My dad's just blowing sorry to, to get distracted with that. Dad is just blowing me up with with navy pictures. Going going down memory lane. That's really cute. That's so cute. God look he looks so happy. Yeah, what yeah. happened? I got home from 11 month deployment. I was like, fuck yeah, we're back in San Diego. Let's go to the beach and drink some beers. Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, Rockets, uh, before the season, general manager Daryl Morey, he released a very ill advised tweet. Um, this was the height of the problems in, in China, in the, in the Hong Kong protests. And I say ill advised, meaning, like, I support it 100%. The shit that's going on in China is inexcusable. And as the United States, who is allegedly the city on a hill and the beacon of hope and opportunity and all this bullshit that really, if you still believe that as an American, then you're just burying your head in the sand. Um, Daryl Morey weighed in on the opinion because he is one of the most intelligent uh, and progressive general managers and personalities in uh, the NBA. So he tweeted out, you know, hash, like it was like a hashtag so, so we support Hong Kong or something like that. And unfortunately for the National Basketball Association, China is one of their largest markets and they produce billions and billions and billions of dollars uh, in terms of just revenue, uh, whether that's television, uh, NBA paraphernalia, uh, memorabilia, yada, 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 you name it, China buys it. The Rockets were one of their favorite teams. Uh, speaking for the nation of China because Yao Ming played for the Rockets. Tracy McGrady is still, his jersey was the best-selling jersey in in China. Tracy McGrady, former uh, Houston Rocket great. T-Mac. Yes, sir. Um, (laughs) He tweets this out and it's met with immediate backlash. And it's a just a gigantic clusterfuck for the league they're scrambling, tails between their legs. They don't know what to do. They handled the the controversy about as well as you could. But the stench lingered on into the season. Adam Silver, uh, during the All-Star Weekend, said, yeah, we probably lost hundreds of million dollars worth of revenue based on that, just because of that tweet. So Daryl Morey is public enemy number one in the NBA. 
but he's also one of the greatest minds in the NBA, and he's the reason that the Rockets have James Harden. He executed this trade, one of the best trades, uh, and uh, you know, if you're the the Thunder, perhaps one of the worst trades. And we're, we're you know we're talking about the, some of the trades that are going to age the worst. That's probably it. If I and that might be recency bias, but uh, the fact that we the Rockets got James Harden for basically pennies on the dollar, but that clusterfuck went into the season and that's based that was the that was the story for the first several months of the season um then at the trade deadline the rockets traded away their third best player in clint capella um and they decided they're going to go small so going forward three words i would say are size doesn't matter you know my three words are what houston is cesspool that's what are we doing what are we doing? <laughs> Does, I, don't, I don't know if that counts. We what fucking are, suck. What are we doing? Downward trending. Downward trending. Well, that's two words. So I went Down trying. we go. I hate Away. you. Those are three words. I hate you. Away huh. from playoffs. So the Rockets are basically their tallest. James Harden. Oh, Jesus. Ball hog. <laughs> They're going small. Russell Westbrook. Oh, my God. <laughs> Daryl Morey fired. <laughs> brilliant brilliant eloquent well said those well are my said, houston my rocket takes i was nice about luca i admitted that he's a generational talent well oh you admit that one of the best players in the league is a generational talent well That's okay great. so what's your take on james harden then uh he's overrated oh my god he's not overrated. oh my god okay, so fucking bill simmons over here so Jesus. my take on james harden is that you can't win an nba championship with a guy like james Harden. well you can't win the nba championship if your tallest dude is six six like this this small ball where you just are firing off a record amount of three pointers, sure it can work in the short term. But when you're playing a team in a playoff series for seven games, it's not going to work. They're going to size you up. You're going to start going ice cold from the three point line. You're not going to win a championship, especially if you either you know. Ooh, you, I got three more words. Sure, missed their window. That's actually that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's nice. Right? That was nice. That's that fucking was, nailed that. That was nice. Uh, that, and you, you might not be wrong, dude, because Chris Paul, who the Rockets traded away this offseason, is balling the fuck out in Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook is playing, honestly, very well. And yeah. the fact that he doesn't have to operate with a big anymore, it's unlocked a different um, facet of this offense, this Rockets offense that I didn't know existed. And when the Rockets traded away Clint Capella, I was pissed off. You remember me talking about this. I thought it was inexcusable. They came out. They played They played ball. They started balling out. Um, I don't think it has legs. I don't think it's going to actually turn into anything. I think that the Rockets will either meet a buzzsaw in the form of the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Clippers in the playoffs, and will once again uh, be eliminated from the playoffs, not make the finals, because God hates Houston. For whatever reason, God hates Houston, Texas. Elsewhere around the league in the NBA, you look at, you look ahead – and like I said, I, really it's about parity this season because we're coming off of this time when the Warriors dominated the NBA for years and years and years and years. You know, Steph, Clay, Katie, Draymond, they ran the NBA. Steve Kerr had those guys just playing the best basketball that we've seen consistently. Like that's probably one of the best dynasties that uh, the NBA has ever seen. And this year, Steph and Clay are out. Um, Golden State is one of the worst teams in the league. And that opens up this path for teams who have been experiencing some fringe success to actually have some legitimate 
championship aspirations and think maybe this is our year. Enter LeBron James and Anthony Davis in one side of LA and Kawhi and Paul George and his motley crew of six men, Montrez, Pat Bev, you know, Richardson, the the whole the Lee whole Williams. cast and crew. Um those two teams are the best teams in the league. Um and we're going I think when it comes down to it, it's gonna be LA versus Milwaukee, whether that's the Lakers or the Clippers, I don't know. But I'm absolutely here for this. LeBron versus Giannis in the finals. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. Kawhi sure, versus Giannis in the finals? I hope. I'm, here for that. So I'm re, I'm a passive basketball fan, which explains my silence during the segment. Because I don't know that much about it. I know the stars. And what I want to see is Giannis versus Kawhi. I want Kawhi back in there. I think he's awesome. I like the Clippers. And I just, I'm just not a LeBron fan. No, I think he's I think is a fine human being. He does great work off the court, but sure. as far as as far as his his on court personality, I just he's just cringeworthy to me. I don't I don't like it at all. Well, because he's a, a just narcissistic dickhead, crybaby bitch. Whoa, allegedly, allegedly, say allegedly. No, nah, I'm good, dude. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> lawsuit incoming. Lawsuit. So that's that's really all there is to know about basketball going forward. We don't know until we know. Um, I'm excited because I'm a huge fan of parody. I really am. I hate when the sports leagues are top-heavy, watching the Patriots just dominate the competition for the last decade or so, you know, plus or minus a couple of years. Not important, not worth talking about. Uh, It's not fun. It's not fun when you have a dynasty. If you're rooting for that dynasty, it's got to be fun. Uh, You know, I think we can agree on that. Ryan, Mr. fucking Patriot fan. It's fun when your teams just dominate the competition year after year after year. But if you support a team that is not winning consistently and you're sniffing success oh so close to it, but you come into contact with... No, no, I'm saying... No, yes, yes. Rockets have been on the brink of a finals appearance so many times. You know what happened though? Steph fucking Curry. Dude, those Warrior teams are really Clay good. Thompson, Steve Kerr. He made it Draymond game seven, Green. and then he just kind of fucked it up. Damian Lillard a couple, or back in, what, 2013 when he hit that three-pointer and just broke my fucking heart? The Rockets have always Houston, been there. but just, they just don't got it, man. Uh, not this season. I don't think so. I don't think that... I, I disagree with some of the old heads and the basketball purists who say that this can't work, this small ball approach. I think it can but it's not executed properly by the product that the Rockets have on the floor because they have not surrounded themselves with enough talent on the wings. And the guy they're going through as their de facto center, P.J. Tucker, is he's awesome. I fucking love P.J., but he is not the best candidate to lead the Rockets to a championship. So it takes a big man to admit that his team is not going to be in the finals. I am that big man. You're that big man. So how far... What is your, as a Houston Rockets fan, what is your best case scenario for this team? So what 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 is the end result that you will look back on the 2020 playoff season and think that's about as, that's yeah, about like, as far as like we Like I said, get. I think a, a, a deep run cut short by one of the LA teams, I think. Yeah. Because um, like if you're, you know, if you're the Rockets... And you run in, you, you you come off of a, a seven game victory in the second round, and you face L.A. and all of a sudden, holy shit, there's Anthony Davis. <laughs> oh fuck, there's Dwight <laughs> Howard. Guys who are towering over our our guys. It's it's tough. And towering I, over our guys, and they can shoot. Sure. And you know LeBron James, out. you know arguably the best player in the league still. And on the other side of L.A., 
uh, I say other side of LA, but they both play at Staples Center. But um, the other LA team, I mean, fucking Kawhi Leonard is the best player on this planet, in my opinion. Outside of Giannis, I think it's yeah. Giannis and in Kawhi. No Luca love there or what? I said I said Luca is a, a top five player, and I stick by that. He is top number, five. He's number Nate, five. What's your top five then? In no particular order, or do you want me to like list? Them? No, you can jumble them up. Yeah. So it's it's Giannis, Kawhi. Are we going healthier? Uh, players playing. Players playing right now. Who so, are you going to say that was hurt? Uh, like Katie. Steph and Clay. And uh, no, Katie. no, Durant. Um, so, fuck, that's tough. Number five is tough. Okay, Luca's four. So I would go Giannis, LeBron, Harden, Luca. Harden. Yeah, Luke, Harden's a better player than Luca. No. Yes, he is. No. Absolutely. At the end of the day, Luke will have a better career than James Harden. I'm not arguing with that. I'm not. I think. I think one on one, I'll take James. I'll take Luca. Almost no, James Harden. absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think Luca will have a better career because he's going to be in a better situation. Oh my god. He is. He is. Cuban wants to win, and yeah. the, the Rockets have always been surrounded by controversy. We had the opportunity to win, like you said. What did you say? What was your three words? Missed, missed their, their window. window. We had the opportunity. You should get that tattooed on your forehead. We we, we goofed it. Goose is cooked. Goose know? is cooked. All right. So I think that's enough basketball talk. What do you think? I agree. Do you want to go into golf or are you want to take a quick break? Let's jump right into golf. All right. So this weekend, you made a great bet. World-class bet. Oh, my God. Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> you texted me on Sunday and said, I got some serious scratch on Rory McIlroy to take home this dub. So the, at this time in the golf tournament, there was three people at the top of the leaderboard. You had Kuchar, you had Rory, and you had, um, I believe, Adam, Adam Scott, Scott was up there. Yeah. yeah. So there was it was it was a stacked leaderboard at Riviera Country Club, which is a fantastic, really tough golf course. The pros, you know, they considered it one of their unofficial majors. They throw that term around quite often, but but here we are. Riviera is one of those courses. It's incredibly difficult. The greens are, are, are tough. They're angulated. There's hills. There's slopes. you got to hit it straight. you got to hit narrow. It, it tests your golf game um, in every aspect of a Tiger and Jack have never won here despite playing here a million times. So when those two guys can't scratch out a victory, you know that it's a tough place to play. Um, yeah, I put some money on, on Rory, minus 10. Going into Sunday, he was the favorite. Uh, I think it was plus one sixty, mm-hmm. um, and he he shit the bed. I should have remembered that Rory sometimes forgets to play golf on Sundays. On day four, but yeah. you know he he was the number one player in the world going into the week. I thought maybe he would use I have that. A, freaking... I have a recommendation for you, guy. What? How to conquer Sundays? How? Just wear red. I mean, Tiger finished dead last, so and he was wearing red. I mean, sixteen championships. What's a championship? 16 majors. There you go. Well, I know golf. Like, you think I don't know golf. You don't know golf. I do I do absolutely know golf. I'm a, I, we've talked about some scratch golfers. <laughs> scratch golfers. All right, let me get back to the real golf takes, okay? Sure. So, jokes aside, I mean, you can wear red, you can wear not, like, wear fucking pink if you want, but Rory showed up Sunday, shit the bed, that's what happened. Adam Scott came through. One for the first time in four years. Good for him. You know, I have no ill will toward Adam Scott. He's he's a class act. He's got a great accent. Uh, and he has a perfect golf swing. That thing is beautiful. If I could swing a club like him, man, I'd be I'd be set for life. Um, you 
had some ill will toward not Adam a big Scott. Adam Scott guy. Uh, what, what's the rationale he there? Stole How? Tiger's cat. He stole Stevie away from he Tiger. Did. See, that's that's Caitlyn Bennett news right there. That's fake news. Is not. The he, breakup was heartbreaking for me. I remember that. Dude, it, he, they, he has one one bout of infidelity in his cat. He wants to leave him. They were on their way out anyway. Tiger and Stevie toward the end weren't exactly buddies. They weren't exactly hanging out. It's the same with him and uh, Hank Haney. They weren't friends. Okay, so let me ask in you a Ti- question. In Tiger's book, there's a story where Hank Haney's quoted, and this is going to look like... But this is old Tiger. Old Tiger was new Tiger. Tiger was a tough hang back in the day. He cared about one thing and one thing only, and that's himself winning. and winning golf tournaments. So He was a Hank, winner. Question. Hank, Hank Haney tells... Wait, this, no, 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 Hank no, 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 tell, no. Hank Haney tells this story... In his book, which is right there on my shelf, great read, you can borrow it if you want, where it just illustrated Tiger's mindset at the time so beautifully. Tiger goes into the kitchen, they're watching something on TV at Tiger's house. He goes into the kitchen, gets himself a popsicle, comes out, sits on the couch, starts eating the popsicle, just doesn't say anything to, to Hank Haney. No, hey man, you want, you want one too? Nothing. No, he just goes out there and crushes his popsicle right in Hank Haney's face. So wait, the greatest golfer of all time also has to be chivalrous? And it's just concerned it's just, with the well-being of others. You can't do everything, dude. Dude, you can't defend old Tiger. Everybody knows he was a selfish fuck. He he doesn't have time for this. He was too busy winning golf tournaments Trust me, and I'm a, slaying Poontang at Hooters. Look, to it be wasn't concerned Hooters. with it wasn't Hooters. It was Denny's. It was a Denny's waitress. Even better, Denny's is. I can't even say that. Look, I'm a Denny's big Tiger delicious. guy. I love this motherfucker. Okay, he's, so he's great. Hypothetical for you, real quick. So you break up. With you, or rather, your girl breaks up with you, right? Because right. you're going through a, you're going through it. You uh, you total your car, uh, you get a DUI. You're go, you're you're going through it. Like I said, a little depressed. Yeah, this is it's a, a little turn, tough, huh? Jesus. A dude comes up and sweeps her off her feet. They get are, married. Are you trying to? Talk? So am I supposed to are like? You... <laughs> am I supposed to like this guy? Are you... Like if I'm your boy, I'm supposed to what? Like be like, is... oh yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. Is this is this Great some is so this some terrible analogy for what happened with the caddy situation? No, I was just presenting a random hypothetical. All right, so Rory, the number one player in the world, he's the first one to speak out against the PGL. Do you notice how I transitioned to yep. a new topic? Because yep. I'm not going to entertain that level of just bad takes, dude. Just bad takes. So he got interviewed about the PGL and said that he was not a big fan of it. So yeah, what so- color shirt was he wearing? No red. <laughs> no, god damn it. No. So Rory's sitting there. He's he's getting asked about the PGL. He he pretty much says that he's not going to join this thing because he likes the the freedom that comes with picking his own schedule and playing the events that he wants to, which the PGA Tour um, gives. There's sure. So of, first time listeners, PGL Professional Golf League, Saudi Arabian um, golf league that's trying to basically they're trying to the woo like the PGA. top forty eight players. Sure. They promise a lot of money and the, it's very yeah, rigid. Continue. So Rory doesn't like it. Um, he's the first one. The why it's noteworthy is because he's the first one to speak out again, not uh, not against the league, but pretty much be like, "Yo, I'm out." So I would not be surprised to see a trickle down effect where other guys kind of step in and say, "Yeah, I'm probably out too. I'm just gonna stick in Europe and America and you know do what we've been doing for decades." Um, yeah. Status quo is quite attractive. You know, mm-hmm. maintain, maintaining the status quo is quite attractive to most folks, and I don't, especially it, when it's not like, like not broken. Like things right. are things are going relatively well. Like the tournaments are fun; they're engaging. Right. Like it's it's like people if, care. Uh, you're you're a big wig, you know, a baseball player, right? You're yeah. at the prime of your you're you know prime of your like twenty eight. You're deciding whether you're going to sign like a giant ass contract with the fucking I don't know. Uh, 
the Phillies and mm-hmm. some Korean uh, team comes and says, "Hey, we're gonna like we'll we'll match the salary plus add an extra couple milli on it." Yeah, like you're if as a baseball player, you're gonna be like, "No, I'm not gonna go play in this Korean league. I want I want to stay in my home with my family." Yeah, and sure, you have more money to offer. But, but there's the MLB money here. is yeah. the fucking MLB. Similarly, I think that the PGA's brand is a lot... Well, it's not even in the same conversation as this PGL. Like, nobody knows who the fucking PGL is. Yeah, so I think you that's go into what... obsolescence if that's you go what ultimately will, to this. Yeah, that's what will ultimately make this thing not a thing, is the fact that these guys are making millions upon millions and millions and millions of dollars. There's the FedEx Cup at the end of the year where all the best players are playing for a $10 million prize if they play well all year. Um, we have the WGC, the World Golf Championship, which works in association with the PGA Tour, which is not PGA right. Tour events, and that's completely weekend, different right? tour. Yeah, and so that's what that's what we're looking at this weekend. They're going to Mexico City. They're playing a golf tournament that's not PGA related. You don't get FedEx Cup points. You don't get anything. Um, but top players play there because the purses are big and it's entertaining. Um, the WGC also is famous for the match play tournament that happens every year. It's in Austin. Um, they provide a perfect change of pace for the golfers, for the people that play on the PGA Tour. And that's why they aren't looking for anything else. The schedule's, the schedule's about as perfect as it gets for guys competing for major golf championships. And that's what... That's what the golfers want to do that's how they're ranked that's what tiger's after right now that's what everybody wants to do is win major golf championships that's why rory plays that's why jordan plays that's why tiger plays they all want to win majors and if you go to the pgl you take yourself out of the masters you take yourself out of the u.s open you don't you're not a pga golfer and in order to participate in those tournaments you have to be on the pga tour so all right so who's your pick this weekend in mexico city so i have two picks my favorite I'm going Justin Thomas. Just I just think that guy's electric. He didn't play last week, um, so he's rested, and he's going to go down there and just light it up. He's always a safe pick. I think he's on, it's it's under ten to one somewhere around there. So if you're a smart money guy, put it on put it on JT. You, you can't ever go wrong with him. A long shot if you're trying to maximize your value. There's a kid named Colin Morikawa. Um, he's 20 years old. He's in that Matthew Wolf. Victor Hovland sort of realm where they just kind of, you know, showed up on tour and, and literally have the most confidence of all time and have been striping golf balls and making putts. He played great at Riviera, which is hard to do, especially on Sunday. I think he had a top 15 finish. Um, he's going to break through at some point, and this tournament is kind of the perfect tournament for him to to show up. The course is long, which he can hit it long, and it requires a great short game, which he has. Um yeah, Colin Morikawa, if you're a betting man, he's plus 4,000, or woman, betting man or woman, um, plus 4,000. If you're a DraftKings guy, he's probably relatively cheap, so I highly recommend um, sprinkling him in when that budget gets low because he will definitely be around on Sunday. Okay, just put my life savings on him, so you hopefully should. you're not leading me astray. Well, if I, if I do, um, sorry. Who's your guy? Webb you, Simpson, you, baby. Webb Simpson. Mr. Wonderbread himself. Mr. Mr. Hybrid in the bag. The common man. You know, I just we were looking at the favorites, and obviously you have a little bit more, just a, a, a touch more golf knowledge. Than I should scratch golfer, bro. Huh? Scratch oh, golfer. yeah, but I'm like the Brooks Kepka, you know? Like, I, I, I love playing jacked, golf, dude. but, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing this fucking shirt. Too bad the camera's off because they can just see these fucking guns. Yeah, the camera, the camera video vlog thing. Um, we'll figure it out. 
Yeah, we'll figure it out. So I'm going Cooch or uh, Webb Simpson. I think that's the that's the move. Cooch or Webb you, Simpson? You got two picks, two, so I'm going... Uh, two electric, electric oh, come athletes. come on. You can't dislike Coocher. Yeah, I can. Why? He's a cheap fuck. How? You didn't hear about the, oh, the Mexico story? What are you talking about? Tip some he, folks. He, so his caddy is sick or his back pain when they go to Mexico last year. So he gets the local club caddy on a squad. They agree to like a $5,000 like pay. No Good matter money. what, you're going to get five yeah, grand, right? Great money. So Kucher goes out and he wins a fucking golf tournament and makes yep. a million bucks. Mm-hmm. The standard... So he didn't pay him his $5,000. The sta- Shut up. The standard like caddy fee is 10% of your winnings. Mm-hmm. He wins a golf tournament. million plus bucks. Matt Kucher, he's been around for literally ever. Just doesn't want to pay this guy the 10%. Just spring on change dude you be uh, a dick about it in, in addition to the five thousand dollars you paid him to carry around a golf bag for four days just for clarification if you're gonna side with with matt Gucci here that's fine that's that's it's called on record for you playing devil's advocate if you want to be i do it on the side of the man i see i'm a i'm a little guy guy i appreciate the struggle i appreciate the fight i appreciate the common man you seem to prescribe to the global elites you are are insufferable sometimes and this is one of those times swear to god common man my ass common man my ass can we talk about liverpool for a second speaking of common man yeah anytime you want how was that l taste so liverpool played in the round of 16 champions league um round mm-hmm. today 2 p.m mm-hmm. actually yep. it was yesterday my yep. bad 2 p.m yep um, Atletico Athletic, Madrid, mm-hmm. strong Spanish squad. Yeah, um, fine. They have a pretty strong history of competing yeah, with sure. uh, yeah. Real and Barcelona. Um, they're they're damn, so they're thir- third good. best they're in damn, La Liga. Just for clarification, yeah, third best in yeah, La Liga, okay, probably cool, somewhere cool. in there. Playing so, the first best team out of the EPL. Sure. So so they're they're a strong squad. You know, they had a game plan. <laughs> sure. They they the 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 Reds the the boys they show up to. Uh, Madrid, which is notoriously a difficult place to play, it's loud. Mm-hmm. It's it, the mm-hmm. fans are passionate, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. They got a great mm-hmm. team in Atletico, um, but y'all overcame that as the best team in the EPL, right? They managed Rose the to, occasion. They managed to score early. Liverpool and, did, and then no, 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 Atletico oh, did, and then okay. they so okay. then they okay. parked the bus. You know, Liverpool mm-hmm. dominated possession over over seventy percent possession, and Liverpool for the first time in over a year could not manage a goal. It happens. It's about time it happened, honestly. We hadn't been held scoreless in, like, a fucking full calendar year. It's an incredible run that we're on. Um, luckily, losing one nothing in the first leg of a Champions League um, knockout round is, like, the least big deal of all time. If you, if you retract to last year, we were down 4-0 to zero against Barcelona, which, Jesse, can you help me out here? Barcelona, Lionel Messi is pretty good, right? You've heard of that guy? Yeah. One of the best players in the world. Sure. So we, we're down 4 nothing. In the first leg, we have to we have to go to Anfield, and you know we have to we have to win. Actually, we have to go to we're away, so we have to go to Barcelona, and we have to play these fucks. We have to beat them, and you know what we did, Jesse? We came back from four nothing. It was the greatest comeback in Champions League history. So we're down one nothing in the round of sixteen. I think uh, you know, dude. I like to live in the. Oh, present. and we're and we're going we're home not to all Anfield. We're going to fucking Anfield. Are you kidding here? me? Well, that's why I'm educating you. I'm educating you because you're coming in hot with these Liverpool takes where you're like, oh, they lost one nothing in, in the first round of the round of 16. one nothing. Give me a fucking break. We'll win 3-1 in like a month. 
We got some Premier League shit too. Wait, we have to wait a fucking month? It's fucking Champions League, yeah. You have to wait a month for the next fucking game? Well, there's Premier League games going on. Oh, sweet Jesus. Dude, we have to play the Premier League. We're, we're, I don't know if you know this, but we're like 80 million points up in Premier League, so we have to finish that. And then you go play Champions League. You fucking beat Atletico 3-1 to one at Anfield. You fucking embarrass them. People forget about that, that soft game. And then game what, you wait yesterday. another month to play again? No, that, that picks up pretty quick. I think the final's in, in like August or something. So. In, it's February 19th. It's a long, February 19th. It's a long time. I have to Jesse. wait four fucking months? This is why you're a simplistic American. Dude. Oh my god. So this is not the intramural, intramural championships, dude. I thought we would get to watch this game like next week or something. I thought it'd be tomorrow. Yeah, so essentially back to Liverpool. They did lose yesterday, but who gives a shit because they're the best team in the world and they will come back. And um, dunk all over everything that is good and holy. Yeah, mixing and up your easy. sports there. You don't dunk in soccer. I don't know if you know this, but. Jesse. Ryan. You're pissing me off right now. Please stop. And we come from Liverpool. I'm going to chunk your fucking phone. <laughs> Welcome back department. to the pod. This is our closing thoughts, our closing segment. Um, Jesse, as our resident um, hothead, hot take expert, Houston, um, I guess, what's the word you want to call it? Just all around. Masochist? Depressive kind of. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, I guess that's a decent word for it. Um, how do you feel about the state of the Houston Astros this week. What did I tell you last week? It's only going to get worse before it gets better. And, and it sure folks, did get worse. It got worse. In the seven days since we last recorded, uh, every single big name around baseball has basically gotten in front of a mic and called the Astros cheating bastards, which they are, uh, criticized Major League Baseball's mishandling of the controversy and called for uh, the stripping of the Astros 2017 World Series title. Rightfully so. Ryan, do you think that uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, who we're both big, big fans of. Very, very critical of this man. Do you think he handled that well? No, he handled this thing as about as bad as you could possibly The motherfucker... Says, mother, I don't understand the significance of this, quote, piece of metal. That was the most out-of-touch thing he could have possibly said. And it seems said. a little elementary to strip them of said piece of metal. So this guy is unfit for his role. He doesn't understand, like, the, the significance of that, quote, piece of metal. Like, that's what everybody's playing for. That's what That's the point of the league. And to call it that and to demean it, 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 it just proves how out of touch he is with, with baseball climate. Sir, resign, sir. Sir, Holy resign. Shit, sure. You are Rob. unfit, sir. What are you doing, Rob? What are you doing, Rob? And I thought, like, okay, well, Mike Trout spoke out, and, you know, Mike Trout's the face of baseball. That's pre- that We should put a, you know, t- you could tie this in a knot, tie it in a bow. That's pretty much all you need to know is that Mike Trout is literally. Gaslight, yeah, I would say gaslighting, but that has a negative connotation. But like rightfully dissing the fucking Astros for being cheating, being cheating fucks. Then anytime Mike Trout speaks out, 
and it's a sound bite that's more than like 10 seconds. You done goofed. You done goofed. You done <laughs> You done goofed. Astros. <laughs> LeBron James, perhaps the most famous athlete in the world, comes out on Twitter last night recording this Wednesday evening, 8 o'clock. And says, basically, I'm a big sports guy. Big sports fan. I'm a competitor. If something like this happened to me, I would be fucking pissed. And basically says, strip them of the title. They don't deserve it. Which they don't, frankly. They they don't deserve it. But the fact that LeBron had a way in just broke my heart. Because now, anybody who had somehow been living in an echo chamber devoid of any any baseball knowledge information content they're now in the know and informed about how the astros are cheating fucks in major league baseball is literally a dumpster fire Mm -hmm. just a total shit show it's embarrassing i'm not gonna like you know I, i i went on my rant last week i'm not gonna fucking rant about it it sucks What I want to talk about is that a book, I think William Hill, a sports book, put an over-under on the number of Astros to get hit by pitches this this season. Last season, the Astros got hit by 41 pitches. League average is something like 65, and the sports book set the over-under at 83.5 batters to be hit by pitches. I, for one, am going to hammer the fucking over <laughs> hammer the over and, and manfred's come out and said basically if you being an astros player you're gonna get you're gonna face repercussions fine suspensions yada 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 so they stop anyone so so, so man manfred is gonna he's gonna punish those taking justice into their own hands right more than he's gonna punish baseball doesn't those, want vigilantes those cheating fucks we don't want fucking vigilantes in the league it's gotta be super depressing for you that your team is is the biggest villain in professional sports that we've seen in decades no I'm great dude you know my I actually was uh, on the phone with my dad driving up to your apartment today um, and he told me that my mother yeah, my one dad. of the biggest Astros fans that I know she's she's out man she's done She's fucking out. And the fact that Kathy Brackeen, shout out mom, is... uh, Is that Kathy with C or K? With K. She's out in the Astros. (laughs) And I think my mom is a good sort of voice for, like, the common Astros fan. Yeah. And the fact that she's out, I don't fucking blame her one bit. I I can't see a future where I'm going to quit on this team. Um, You know, insert... Is it Gyllenhaal in in, uh, uh, Brokeback Mountain saying, I just can't quit you? I just can't quit you. I'm Gyllenhaal. Astros are, are uh, Heath Ledger. Heath recipes. Ledger. Yeah. So that's baseball. It's depressing. I'm sad. I'm sad. You should I'm be, sad. dude. I'm you sad. You should be ashamed. I didn't. I didn't cheat. Yeah, I just rooted for a cheating team. You should. You should be heartbroken. Is what you should be. I am. Wrap. Wrap it up. Parting thoughts. Parting thoughts for me. I mean, you just you just said it best. The big story of the week is the Astros. It's tough that Major League Baseball is in the spotlight and has nothing to do with like the play or how they're fixing the game or how they're drawing more people to the sport. Um, you have to think that baseball will continue to diminish in product because of these cheating fucks. 
The hype machine around baseball is at an all-time high, but unfortunately when folks who typically don't watch baseball tune in on opening day and realize that it's much of the same in terms of slow pace of play and and some serious problems that are plaguing baseball, they're going to immediately tune out. And it's just like a a lose-lose situation for Major League Baseball. Baseball has a lot of work on their hands as we enter a new decade to rejuvenize the sport and and kind of insert this this new sort of excitement and, and player marketing and the people that are standing in the way of baseball the most is the baseball executive leadership themselves. And if they don't look in the mirror, slap themselves in the face and be like, all right, let's change the entire thing really, really quickly. Then it's not going to go anywhere. And unfortunately a guy like Manford, who is a fucking idiot is in charge. Um, I mean, this is a league that won't even let people reproduce their, their clips on social media. So they're so out of touch. They, they're, they're naive. They think, that they live in this bubble where they can just like do whatever they want, give people free passes, give entire franchises free passes, but they're getting called out on a massive level. I hope the players continue to call everybody out. It's been, it's been pretty big name guys that are, that are being outspoken. So I hope that continues as we approach um, opening day. And yeah, I, I, I want baseball to succeed. It's America's pastime. It, it doesn't deserve to go down like this. So I hope that, that fuck Manford can, like, I mean, just not be such up. a fuck. Wake up, where the people around him can be like, "All right, see you, dude." Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> so, with that being said, that is another week on Sycamore Two Twenty Three. Next week, we'll be back, same time, same place. Um, looking forward to it. Me too. An hour and a half of Bachelor talk coming at you. Before we go, quick addendum to last week: I did not shout out my sister for introducing me to this wonderful, wonderful fucking show. I also, thought we, I thought we were gonna get. We we've gone for an hour forty five. Megan, no thank you for making thinking. You you you're in my fucking head now. I was trying to thank my little sister. You can't let me finish my fucking party thought. It's my party thought, dude. For for introducing you to the bachelor and also letting me steal her Patagonia. It's very comfortable. Thank you, Megan. We'll see you next week. Well, my buckle makes impressions on the inside of her thigh. There are little feathered Indians where we tussle through the night. If I'd known she was religious, then I wouldn't have came stone to the house of such an angel.